Good morning, everybody. This is Rashad Gibson, your host of Gospel Thoughts, with episode number 33. And today's topic, or today's title, What's the End Game? What is the End Game? You know, um, there has been riots all over the the nation due to the the killing of George Floyd by a police officer that just practically suffocated him to death by kneeling on his neck and the anger is expressing itself by the protest by the looting and by the destruction, the chaos, the vandalism, the arson. And many of these, these events, many of these crimes, if you will, are happening in the minority community. It's happening in black communities. A lot of stores are being burnt to the ground. A lot of businesses are being burnt to the ground. And it's just absolute mayhem across the nation. And, you know, this morning I was thinking... And because I saw a couple of videos online and I even saw some quote unquote activists supporting or they'll say, well, I don't support looting, but I understand. Or, you know, I heard um, or I seen one individual say something to the effect of, you know, if we were to by burning down Target, by looting Target, that will um get these big corporations to get their attention and this, that, and the third. And I think a lot of it is just ignorance. It's anger and ignorance combined together. Um, And I also think it's just greed for people that are looting. Opportunist, if you will. You know, I, I, I just sat and I said, you know, you try to understand like why are people doing this? What what is this going to prove? What is it what's the end game? Well, if we take a step back and really think about what's going on here, obviously that you know the coronavirus was one thing. I mean, that seemingly just vanished over over the last several days because now George Floyd's death has taken over the headline, but nevertheless, the coronavirus has left about 30 million people without a job. I think almost 40 million people now. And now we have riots and burning down of small businesses across the nation in which people think they're proving a point when in reality, all they're doing is hurting themselves. 
Because now those same people who are burning down their own neighborhoods are effectively putting people who had a job without a job. So not only do you have the employees that will no longer have a job because their businesses are being shut down or burned down or they're unable to work because of the chaos going on in their city or their sections of the city, but then you have the business owners, whether they're small business owners or large business owners, those businesses are gone and they will probably never come back. So effectively, you have a lot of black folks, and there are some white folks involved as well, that are effectively destroying our own community over this man who was brutalized, which is not going to prove a point whatsoever. It will just make things worse. It makes things worse on the one end economically in the sense that that people will be out jobs, owners, business owners will be out of business, which will ultimately affect your community. It will probably it will probably show up eventually in more crime because people have a job. But then furthermore, it, it begins also to bring upon us a perception that now is being confirmed about how black people are just emotional, they react, they're angry, and this is what we can get out of them. You know, all, all of the different stereotypes that you can think of when it comes to black folks in a negative light now is more or less being confirmed by what we're seeing on the TV screen. We don't want to be looked at as being criminals or looked at as being um, angry or looked at as being unprincipled or looked at as being um, uncivilized, but look how we're acting. And then we'll go along and we'll, we'll try to justify our behavior because we'll say we're angry because it just keeps on happening to us all the time. And that's our justification for acting like this. No, it's not. There is, no there is no justification for this behavior. Because as, as I've been saying over the last several podcasts, black folks kill more black folks. In fact, most black-on-black -black crime is 90% black-on-black. Black folks have been killing white folks at a higher rate for the last 40 years, since 1980, as far as I can go back. There are, there are more white folks being killed by police than black folks. And the reality is there is less white folks killing black folks over the last 40 years. But what you will see on the television screen is the opposite. You will see the testimonies and we'll make it seem as though that the white man's out to get us. We'll make it seem as though that we're the only ones being brutalized by the police. 
We'll make it seem as though as that, that we don't have any opportunities to get ahead in life and et cetera, when all that is a bunch of foolishness because it's a lie. But we continually, we continually cling on to these fallacies to justify our behavior. And it's very frustrating, especially as being a black man, because you have this continual, this continual narrative that is being pushed by our own community, and you begin to ask the question, why? Why is this, why is this continually being pushed? And I do believe it's just part of the culture now. We want it to be pushed. Regardless of what the truth is, regardless of what the facts are, it doesn't matter. We want to have this victimization mentality. And then since we have this victimization mentality, it justifies our angry, bitter behavior. You know, I I, I sat back this morning and I thought about it and I said, if the police officer who killed George Lloyd was black, would it even be on the news? Because the, the, the reality is this, the, if we were to just be honest, if the, the police officer, the one who literally killed, murdered George Lloyd was a black man, this, you would probably never even heard of it. You would have probably never even heard of George Lloyd at all. It would have been he would have been left out of your consciousness. But as I said before, the perfect storm for the Democratic left, the perfect storm for black people in general to get riled up is a white police officer killing an unarmed black man. That's the perfect storm for chaos. If that can be captured, then guess what? You're going to have chaos. You know how I know that this is, this is the case? Because there was, an, I mean, there was been multiple cases over the years, but just three months ago, just three months ago, this is back in January, End of January, there was actually a killing of a black man who was in custody by the police in Maryland. The police officer, whose name is Michael Owens, had shot and killed a handcuffed black man while sitting in a police car, he shot him seven times. Seven times. While in handcuffs. I'll leave the show notes in the, in the drop down box. Shot him seven times. So tell me. I just, I, I maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm just, you know, losing my mind, but... Tell me, why did this particular story of 
Officer Michael Owens killing William Green, a black man, a black police officer killing another black man, shooting him seven times while in custody. Why wasn't that all over the news? Why wasn't that on CNN? Why wasn't that on MSNBC? Why wasn't chaos erupting? Why was all these black folks saying all this stuff about, oh, I'm tired of this? Why wasn't it? Why? I'll tell you why. Because the police officer wasn't white. He wasn't white. So since therefore he wasn't white, it doesn't fit the narrative. So black folks will give that a pass. A good portion of us will give it a pass. Some some may get angry, but they'll say, well, well, you know, that's black on black. So that's, you know, it's different. This is how you know something is very wrong with our community. Something's very wrong. The murder of George Floyd was wrong, but something is far deeper and far deeper a problem than George Floyd's death. It is something wrong within us that will respond to George Floyd having a white officer's knee on his neck, killing him, and then another black man in custody, handcuffed, and then shot seven times by a black police officer, and that gets no press and no reaction. It's pretty much just, you know, whisked away. Ironically, there was another case that happened about two months ago, or a month ago, really, two, well, a month and a half ago, in Maryland, in which there was a white man by the name of Duncan Limp, L-E-M-P, who was in his home, 4.30 in the morning, and the witnesses say that police began to shoot in the home and they killed him while he was sleeping. Now, the police are saying that they came into the home and gave orders to Mr. Limp to get his hands up and everything else. And they tried, or they're stating that he had a weapon in his hand. And that's why they shot and killed him. There's many problems with that side of the story because the attorneys have been asking for the body cam of the SWAT team who raided the house and their police department or the district attorney's office refused to give the body cam. They say that the reason why they raided this man's house was because they had a, a high level warrant because he had weapons that he should not he should not have had. So therefore, they raided his house at 4.30 in the morning and literally, effectively executed him. But of course, this didn't get much airplay air because the man was white. And yes, I will leave the show notes in the drop-down box for that as well. 
So when you begin to understand what's happening in our world, in our nation, if you will, there is something wrong. There's something wrong with our media. And in my estimation, it's obvious that the media wants blacks and whites to be at war with one another. And I think to a great extent, they want the community or the society itself to be at war with law, with law enforcement. They want to stir up derision within society because they only report usually these stories that involve black men. Those stories usually get the airplay. The airplay. Those stories usually last for days and weeks. Those stories usually carry on the trials. Those stories usually are circling around social media 24-7. Those stories are usually are the ones picked up by the activists. But his other stories, uh, we leave them alone because we don't really want to really awaken people to show them the full picture because then they may, you know, they may begin to unite against us or begin to maybe unite with one another. You know, I saw, you know, an interview, not interview, a press conference by this one rapper. He was pretty much saying, um, he said some things that like I agree with, but there's other things I, I just, I just shake my head. Because the issue that this one particular, I guess he's an activist as well, um, he was suggesting that we need to mobilize and organize and plot to get the people out of office that we don't want in office and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I get and understand that, although I do not agree with his political ideology whatsoever, but I understand where he's coming from. Because the issue, my friend, as I said before, it is not primarily politics. Although politics play a hand in it, certainly does. But at the very foundation, at the very root of it all, it is spiritual. And I will say this. If we do not repent, this will not end. If we do not repent as a nation, this will continue on. End the story. I'm sick and tired of hearing black folks complain about this and about that. We have all this other stuff going on in our own community. And then all of a sudden when a white man kills a black man, then we want to rise up and, and protest and fight. I'm sick of that. I am. Don't come to me with that because I don't want to hear it. Especially when you look at all the facts, you look at all the stats, you look at what's going on, look at the fact that blacks kill more than blacks kill um, whites more than whites kill blacks over the last 40 years. Blacks and blacks, the, the blacks are a more threat to another black. When, homicide, when the homicide rate, or rather when the number one cause for death for a black man is homicide, ages 1 to 44, don't come to me with, oh, the white man. No, it's us. And that's just one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is stop floating this whole race narrative. Because floating this race narrative is not making things better. If, if you haven't noticed, it doesn't make things better. 
what will make things better is this nation repenting, ridding itself of not just racism, not just racism, blacks between whites, but all sin. You see, a lot of times, or you look at what's going on now, we want to be selective in what we want to destroy. We say, oh, we want, we want racism. We want to rid ourselves of racism. But we don't want to rid ourselves of all the influences of violence and all the influences of immorality. We don't want to rid ourselves of all the influences of greed. We don't want to rid ourselves of all the influences of malice. No, we don't want to rid ourselves of that. We just want to rid ourselves of racism. That's primarily the, the, the enemy. But we will tolerate all the other stuff. We can turn on our television screen. We can, we can turn on your favorite hip-hop artist. We can turn on whoever it is, whatever her, the females are that, that reveal their bodies are practically walking around nude and showcasing that to our young black women to say, look, look at her, be like me. That's, that's, that's tolerable. We won't ride over that. No, that's okay. But don't let a white person kill a black person. Oh, now we want to we wanna go crazy. And of course, if a black person, if a black cop kills another black man, you know, it's messed up, but it's acceptable. See, this is the problem with us. We're hypocrites. And that's why, that's why I think a lot of folks look at us and they don't take us seriously. Because even now, in the midst of all this stuff that's going on, folks still will look at us and they still won't take us seriously because of everything else is going on in our community. Yes, it's a messed up thing that George Floyd was killed the way he was. But look how we respond. When have riots ever worked? You can go back to the Watts riots. You can go back to the riots in Detroit the riots when Rodney King was beat up by the police officers. I find it interesting, you can even go back to when OJ got off for killing two white people. The white folks didn't riot. I mean, there, there are so many different issues going on that I look at and I say, For some reason, we, I think a part, and this is just me, this is just my thoughts. I think a part of it is, it's coming from this place, the, the rioting. Of course, it's coming from a place of anger. But I also think it's coming from a place of wanting recognition. Because I think by and large, because of the narrative that we've been fed, the race narrative, the narrative of we've been victimized, that we have been isolated in society, that we are not accepted, et cetera, et cetera. It's this whole rejection narrative that has been that has been so pervasive within the black community. This is a way that we can get your attention to look at us. And let me tell you, this is the wrong way to manifest 
getting attention. It's just like it's, it's, for instance, look at it like this. Say you have say you have, you know, a child or you have children. And the one child really believes that they're being that their parents for some reason doesn't love them. So what happens is that child will do things to get their attention. They may even do things that are mischievous that may even get them in trouble to get their attention. Because they really want the attention from their parents. And to a, a great extent, because of the narrative we've been fed through the media, through politicians, pop culture, through entertainers, that we as black folks are not a part of America, we are just separate, we are isolated, we are, you know, we, we're never, we've never been a part of the American fabric, et cetera, et cetera. This is a way that we can get the attention of those who have quote unquote rejected us. Although, in my estimation, a lot of that is just a perceived rejection. It's not really factual. It's not really rooted in truth. But it's a perception. Perception can be a killer. In fact, perception is so powerful, it can trump actual truth. And perception in that that is to and through this whole ordeal is the fact that black unarmed men are the only ones being killed by the police. That's a perception by the public. And I know this for a fact because I can scroll through my Facebook timeline and I don't know how many times I've seen, oh, I got to protect my son because I don't know what's going to happen to him. You know, I, I got to have this talk with my son. I got to really talk to my kids about, you know, being black in America and all the dangers is out there and how the police is going to get us and everything else. You got to be very careful. I don't know how many times I've seen that. I've even heard it myself from folks within my own family. So that's a perception that's been created. Because we believe that by and large, Black folks are the only ones being assaulted, being killed by the police. When the truth and the facts are, that's a lie. Because white folks are being killed by the police more than black folks. Although, yes, it is true that black folks have a two and a half times more, <clears throat> it's two and a half times more likely to be killed by police. That is true. But the whole point is, whether it's two and a half or one and a half or five and a half, White folks are being killed as well. So we cannot just say, well, we're being targeted by the police because, well, white folks are too. And on the flip side of that, you shouldn't just talk to your children, your black boys or black girls about the white man out to get your son. You should more or less talk to them about the black man out to get your son. Because there's a higher probability that a black person will kill your son than a white person. But those are the type of facts and the type of truth that people within the black community do not, does not want to hear. And I can speak this way because I'm black. 
if a white person says these type of things, they're a racist. I can speak this way because I've heard it all my life. I don't have to go in a book to read this. I know what goes on because I'm black. I've grown up in the black community. I know how we think. So, again, what, what, how, do we, how do we defeat this, this problem that we're facing? And as I said it before, and I said it earlier today, it will, things will only get better it's as, it's if as a nation, we the people, as our founding fathers always envisioned that this nation returns back to its heritage, and its heritage is that of Christianity, not the slavery Christianity that the Southern Confederates promoted, but the Christianity primarily that was being promoted by the founding fathers of the North that really was abolishing slavery very early on, actually before the Constitution was written, but the Christianity that focuses on Jesus Christ the Christianity that focuses on repentance, the Christianity that focuses on the kingdom of God being glorified, the Christianity that transforms men's hearts from being rebellious sinners, not only towards God, but towards man, the Christianity that displays virtue as, as a way of life, the Christianity that hates, that hates sin and loves righteousness, the Christianity that wants to uplift its neighbor and not try to kill its neighbor. That has to become the cultural fabric. That has to become the cultural mosaic. And I don't care what you say. If we do not return to that, well, just, just throw in the towel. Because you know what's going to happen? A couple months down the line, there will be some other random case of a white man killing a black man and we're back to square one again. There has to come a point in time where as black folks we say, you know what, this is messed up. We, we, will, we will support uh, the family. We hope that they get justice, but we're not going to fall for the okie doke again. We're not going to riot. We're not going to fall into this trap of hating a white man because of these isolated incidences. We have to be better and say, you know what, we have to improve as a society. Our thinking has to get better. We can't become bitter as the Bible talks about. As the Bible says, do not let the sun go down on your anger. Lest you give Satan a foothold. And I tell you, my friend, the sun has went down a thousand, a thousand times over and Satan has a foothold over a lot of our hearts. And that is why you're seeing all this stuff manifest. As I said yesterday, this the problem is, is very core spiritual. Indeed, I would say is demonic. So as I've been saying, and as I will continue to say, the, the choice is yours. What is the end game? What is the end game? Because if we continue on this way as a culture, especially if we're going to be fighting and warring against law enforcement, what do you think law enforcement is going to do? Do you think law enforcement is going to be all oh, we're really, we're really going to protect and serve you? They're going to, they're going to feel more threatened by the public. Now that does mean that there should be more accountability within the police districts, and that leaders should be held accountable if they do not discipline those subordinates who are 
misapplying the law or not being compliant with the law or abusing um, the citizens in which they're serving. But by and large, this is going to have to be a community effort. And again, it's going to take some strength to withhold when you start, when you, whenever the next, whenever the, the next uh, random event happens between a white officer or a white man, a black man, we have to resist in temptation to express this in anger and say, you know what? We, we cannot give in to that. We have to steadily make progress within our own hearts, within our own souls to say, you know what? I'm going to stand for what's right. I get behind the folks who may, I get behind the families and those who need support. But as a society, as a culture, we cannot continue to progress this way because it's not going to make things better. It hasn't thus far. So what makes you think it's going to happen? What makes you think this type of behavior is going to change now, change, change anything now? It's not. It hasn't. Think about it. Go back to Ferguson to Mike Brown. When was that? What, what about six years ago? You can go to Ferguson. You can, go, you can go to Baltimore during Obama's presidency. Did any of that rioting, did any of that anger, did that change anything? No, it didn't change nothing. What was the saying by Einstein is, you know, um, someone repeating the same thing. I'm just paraphrasing. Somebody repeating the same thing looking for different results is the definition of insanity. And we keep doing the same thing and nothing changes. So how about, how about we try God? How about we try repentance? How about we go back to the foundation of our a foundation of this nation, our heritage, and say, let's try that. Let's try Jesus Christ. Let's get underneath His Word. Parents, begin to be your spiritual leaders in your household. Just don't look to a pastor. Yes, they're another modern defense. Don't look to just a church leader. You're your own church leader in your household. Stand against sin in your household, parents. And not just parents, young kids, young teenagers. What are you going to do? You could be the shining light in your generation, or you can contribute to the chaos and then complain about what's going on when stuff happens. I don't, I don't want to hear it. I do not want to hear it. I I'm at a point now, I'm sick and tired of the excuses. The answer is right before us. You may say, well, I don't want any religion. Well, continue to do what you do then. I don't want religion either. I want Jesus. I want repentance. I want virtue. I want respectability to all races. I want sin out of my community. I want the immorality and the sensuality out of my community. I want the racism out of my community as much as you want it out of your community. But you can't do it by the flesh, my friend. We war not against flesh and blood. And if you think you can win this battle by flesh and blood, well, you're already lost. Throw in, throw in the towel. All right, guys, well, I just want to share those thoughts with you guys. I'll leave the I'll leave the the notes in the drop down section. There won't be too many today, but think about what I said.
and petition the Lord. Ask him if you're struggling with the anger, with the events, ask him to take it away. Confess your anger as sin. Because the only way you're fooling, if you're trying to justify it. Well, let me say this. Anger in itself is not sinful. It's when we hold on to it. That's when it becomes sinful. Because ultimately, it begins to embitter you. And God does, want, does not want human beings walking around embittered. Satan does. He could do a lot with an embittered person. You're weaponized for him. It's amazing how these different events can, can really draw the battle lines within the spirit realm. So don't fall for it. Don't fall for it. All right, guys, have a blessed day, and I'll be talking to you guys soon. Again, share the, share the video. Um, leave a comment in the comment section on YouTube, Facebook, or where else, where, wherever else you see this. And hit the like button, and I'll be talking to you guys soon. All right, bye-bye.